0: Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast. My name is Jeremy, and my name is Kevin, and we're back to talk about Shonen Jump as well as Ronmo One Half, the classic series. I guess I don't know what else to call it. It feels too young to be classic, but it's from before I was watching anime slash reading manga. So
1: I feel like it's a classic manga. Like they haven't been in the style that they are now. They haven't been doing that for long time so it's a classic manga not necessarily like a classic work that's fair sorry we missed last week i was sick and my throat was so sore
0: i could not talk for more than 30 minutes which makes recording a podcast difficult yep i'm still not 100 so i hope i'm good enough to dm after i finish here we will see but since that's enough about my health concerns shall we just get right into it kevin
1: let's jump in
0: All right, we're going to start with My Hero Academia number 217, The New Power and All for One. So last week, the contest between Class A and B finally finished, so now we're dealing with the aftermath of that. Yeah. I do like how this one starts a lot with Bakugo beating up Midoriya, trying to get his new power to activate, and he's now in like their secret conference club. As yep. All Mike takes the two of them back to, like, the little yeah, lounge she
1: has got. I like the interaction between that with Bakugo being like, so this is what you guys are doing in here all the time, and Midoriya being like, wow, Kachan's really just jumping right into this, isn't he?
0: Yeah, it also seems super weird. It seems like Bakugo found out about this so long ago, but they really haven't had any time to talk like this since. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty funny, and Bakugo's like,
1: I'll just beat you up until it starts working, and then... All Might's like, yeah, may- maybe not. Well, at first he's like, I'll just continue to beat you until it works. And then if I best you, then it proves that I'm the best. <laughs> and All Might is like, uh, that's it's probably not going to work out how you think it will. And so Midoriya is under the impression that he still can't bring it out fully. And it has something to do with the emotions that he was feeling during the contest. So it's not just that his life was in danger that brought out that guy's quirk. and Like he mentioned earlier, he probably needs to master 100% cowling before he can start using the new powers.
0: Yeah. Oh, We also get confirmation that Shisho is going to be transferred to the hero
1: class, which is surprising nobody. Yeah. We still don't know which one he's going to go into. No, or if someone might get transferred out. I'm guessing he's going to go into class A since Eraserhead is both sponsoring him and has been teaching him so they'd probably stick him in class a
0: that does make sense but class b he seems like a class b character to me in a lot of ways though so yeah but i could see either one yep speaking of class b they came over to the dorms to hang out and talk about everything this is a very transitiony chapter we get shoto texting his dad like hey remember that super secret move you're gonna teach me you should teach me that yep and Endiver's like ah my son is reaching out to me
1: my, about about this, who could have guessed?
0: My attempts to be a good father must be working.
1: Yep. There's one of my favorite panels of this week was that shot of everybody in the common room. And so we have a bunch of the Class B people talking with the Class A people. But my favorite part of it was... What's Grapehead's actual name? I can't think of it off the top of my head. It starts with an M, I can tell you that yeah anyway he is a clockwork oranged up in like a straight jacket with like some apparatus attached to his head with pinky because I can't remember her name either now. I want to say ashino, but I know that's not right. maybe ashino maybe the one with acid powers who's pink is torturing him because he copped a feel in the middle of their fight and like basically planned it so that that would happen. It's a very good, like, splash of everyone yeah. talking and hanging
0: out. Uh, and it ends with the Class B copy guy, whose name I definitely don't remember, being asked by Eraserhead to see Aerie. I guess that happened last week, but we see it happening. And yep. Midoriya and Shadow Cat Kid. who's I can't remember anyone's name today. Yeah. Normally, like, I'm very good with My Hero Academia, at least. I just think of him as Vault Boy. Fair enough. He does look <laughs> like a Vault Boy. They're all together because the racer is like yeah i thought she was had to talk to him she might need emotional support yeah and he's like no i drew a blank on her too whenever i like try to copy a power that requires you store something up first i can't do that yep which makes sense because all for one we
1: know works that way it's a power storing quirk specifically his specific example is fat gum who uses stored fat so he's like i can't i could copy his quirk but i wouldn't get anything out of it
0: yeah, because I haven't stored up any fat.
1: Yeah, and so apparently that's how Enri's power, Ares' power works. Yeah, but and Midori's
0: like, no, nah, it's your power. You, It's not going to hurt anybody as long as you get control of it. It's like a knife. You can stab someone or you can make something yummy with it.
1: Yeah, and so both of them kind of, Midori is like, all right, I'm going to work extra hard. And Ares also like, I'm going to continue to work to see if I can hopefully give Volt Boy back his powers. Yeah.
0: So that brings us to One Piece chapter 933, A Warrior's Mercy. This is kind of a sloppy chapter of One Piece, I felt. A little bit, yeah. Like, a lot of the fight scenes are unclear, and it's just kind of a calamity, but it doesn't feel as intentional as it does normally. It's kind of hard to follow what's going on, I feel.
1: Yeah, I think part of that is the fact that the Orion and... Robin like look look almost exactly the same look very similar and I think that was just an unfortunate stylized thing of it's like most geisha tend to look kind of similar when they're dressed up the same so they both have white ish robes their hair is done in the same style they both look very similar so there's a lot of wait. Which character am I following again?
0: And we're being introduced to all the Emperor's men here, too. Yeah. So they're all kind of new characters that we don't have a good feel on. So, and like the random ninja at the end shows up, and I'm not even sure we've seen him before. So, yeah, this one felt like kind of a mess. It's just stuff like basically going off in the Shogun Hall. And since Robin's been captured, now I can't even remember Bone Guy's name. I can't remember anyone's name in this episode. Brooke. Brooke. Yeah, and Nami, like, jump into action to try and save her. Yep. And the Orion gets
1: struck down, it looks like. Yeah, by one of the Shogun's bodyguards who reveals a symbol of the Rebellion. He reveals, like, their their special symbol that they made. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on. So I don't know if he found that on the Orion or if he's part of
0: the Rebellion. Yeah, if looks like a a trick slash the orient in half or
1: yeah. Or if he was doing it to enrage the shogun or what exactly was going on.
0: And it ends on kind of a cliffhanger with Nami, just bringing down a giant thunderbolt on the whole place. And then we fast forward. Is it a week later or it fast forward sometime later? And does it over... fast forward? Sometime it, it, it says,
1: it says it's got a note. Oh, it does. Okay. I must've missed that. I thought we were just jumping over to chopper and big mom, big mom. Cause it said there's, it's like, four days or nine days until the attack, something like that. Yeah. And he's like, Big Mom's like, what? There's really good food there. Oh, yeah, we should go.
0: So I guess they are tricking Big Mom.
1: Yeah, they're tricking appetite. B- into helping them out, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, Chopper's like, listen, if she remembers who she is, we're all dead.
0: Yeah. So let's keep her distracted.
1: Yeah. I actually still really liked this chapter of One Piece. It took a little bit of searching to figure out what was going on but it was nice to see brooks ghost powers i like the one bit about the konoichi who he was like you're not the bombshell konoichi and then she gives him the ninjutsu techniques that nami is like you just hit him in the balls and then said paralysis jutsu it's like that's just the after effect of you hitting him in the balls I I thought that was pretty funny. One Piece is always pretty good. The last two chapters, I feel
0: like, were really
1: spot on, and this one was, like I
0: said, kind of a mess. A little bit.
1: I think some of that has to do with just what's going on. Like like we said, Robin and the Orion looking very similar. The Shogun has the ability to turn into an eight-headed dragon, so that confuses things a lot, because there's suddenly eight dragon heads doing different things to people. They're, like, attacking random people because the Shogun's pissed
0: yeah i it just didn't really feel like it flowed together very well to me gotcha uh next we have we never learned chapter 99 nonetheless a predecessor imitates x's appearance anticipating tomorrow yep yeah those titles this one's okay i thought last week's we never learned was actually really really good so i'm sad we don't get to talk about that one yeah but this one's also pretty okay Basically, Yugi is still exhausting himself going from job to job and including the maid cafe where his senpai works. Yep. So she drags him to her house because I guess her dad is a doctor. Yeah. Which is news to me, but it, well, and it wasn't.
1: Yeah. It, we've known about it before. It. It was that he was like he was walking around trying to study and he stepped into a grate and then he like ran into a pole and she's like, you need to go visit a doctor now. And her dad was just, it's sleep deprivation. You didn't manage to hurt yourself, which is good, but you just need to take care of yourself. So, yeah. And also, you're staying with us because
0: you're my daughter's boyfriend and I'm not going to let you go out.
1: Yeah, this is a lie that they've been perpetuating that they're dating because her dad has been writing her to get a boyfriend. So she essentially tricked Yugia into doing it. Gotcha.
0: It, It definitely read that way. So anyway, he is sleeping in like I guess one of the emergency—not emergency room beds, but one of the
1: guest rooms. Yeah, it's it's like a clinic, so they have a couple of like patient rooms, essentially.
0: Yeah, patient room is what I was trying to say. I was trying to come up with a better word
1: for that. Yeah, but I don't know that there is one. It probably isn't Japanese.
0: But anyway, so she comes in wearing a sexy nurse outfit to tease
1: him, basically. Yep, she does that a lot.
0: Yeah, shenanigans and stew because it's we never learn. Yes. we find out her dad was watching the entire time and he starts making
1: fun of her. It's not just making fun of her. It's he generally thinks that they're dating at this point because their shenanigans have resulted in it looking like they are.
0: Yeah. and He's like, hey, when I'm going to get some grandchildren, huh? Yep. It's like, I I apparently don't care about marriage. Just get busy.
1: No, he says, oh, were you thinking about getting marriage? Like he specifically mentions when you said us, did you mean marriage?
0: That's true. So hijinks ensue. It's maximum awkward, like always in this series. But even his senpai starts to kind of blush and he kind of catches her off guard. Yeah. But it's all diffused when his teacher brings her. Is it her cousin? I can't remember. But that kid from a few chapters ago that she was taking care of. Yeah. Because he has a fever. But The doctor is like, oh, no, it's fine. There's nothing really going on. He doesn't need antibiotics or anything. Just
1: needs to rest. Yeah, and so then she's like, oh, how much do I owe? He's like, oh, don't worry about it. I didn't really do anything, and your grandmother gives me melons or fruit or something like that.
0: Yeah, and so it ends with Yu-Gi-Oh Senpai being like, oh, man, my dad never takes money from anybody, and that's why we're poor. But I kind of like it, so that's why I want to be a doctor, too. Yep. And And she's like, hey, you shouldn't feel bad about doing something for yourself.
1: Yeah, I think at first is she tells him that like you shouldn't feel bad and your family shouldn't feel bad for you doing something for yourself. And then she basically tells him the same thing and he's like and she almost she says it almost feeling a little bad for herself. And he's like, you should listen to your own advice and not feel bad for yourself for making a decision to do something.
0: Yeah. So it's pretty good. We never learn. Pretty much in a holding pattern. Next week is Chapter 100, so I'm excited to see if they do anything exciting for
1: that. Maybe a color page.
0: Yeah, probably just a color page. But, I mean, I feel like the story has been moving somewhere, so 100 makes sense to kick something off. That could be it. But we'll see. I also wouldn't surprise me if we get details about the anime, but... Also possible. All right, so next we have Chainsaw Man Chapter 10, cone. So what did you think about this chapter of Chainsaw Man, Kevin? I thought it
1: was pretty cool. So, we have Denji fighting the devil that showed up at the last one.
0: Yeah, she was the Bat-Devil's girlfriend? Yes. And so she's pissed at Denji for killing the Bat-Demon.
1: Yep. And because he's running low on blood, he can't activate his chainsaws all the way, so he's kind of struggling with the fight, and she seems to be winning. Yeah. And then... Pretty much everybody, what we find out is the leech demon and Power are both like, I can't believe he's really just fighting about touching some boobs. Yeah. And Denji has this kind of flashback to Suit Samurai guy being like, you've got to have a better reason for joining the demon hunters than you like this girl and she was nice to you. And kind of being my dreams... Might sound silly to you, but let's have a dream battle, and if I win, that means that your dreams were even stupider than mine.
0: Yes, which does not track, but it is pretty funny, at least.
1: Yeah. I still kind of liked it that like even he realizes that his dreams and aspirations are very childish and stupid, but he's like, but they're still mine. Just because they're childish and stupid doesn't mean that I shouldn't believe in them and try and follow them.
0: Yeah, but he can't keep fighting and then we see suit samurai guy actually show up and he does this like hand puppet thing. Yep. Which causes a giant dog to show up and bite the leech demon. Yes. So I'm not sure if his power is like, if he does, I'm crushing your head, something will crush your head
1: or if it has to do with shadow puppets or what? Or if it's just, he makes, cause he makes a shadow puppet of the dog. So maybe he can summon. Yeah. Specifically a dog yeah that, and it's like some kind of dog demon. Like it's not just some random dog. Yeah,
0: and the rest of the like special squad they've been assigned to shows up, Yep, and he's like, hey, Denji, Power, you're going to be debriefed, and Power's like, what about Meowie? He's like, oh, he's going to the vet. Yep, He's going to get a full checkup. We take this very seriously here. Yes. Which is a pretty funny way for the chapter to end. Yeah, I, I like this one. It wasn't bad. A little anticlimactic at the end, I felt, but it wasn't bad. Which brings us to Hellwarden Higema, Chapter 8, Kitsune, Part 2. Continuing the story that started last week about a Kitsune that feeds off the love between mother and daughter yep. he has been going around, possessing people, who is targeting Higema. Yep. It starts out with Enma telling Higema he's going to be late, so we find out that Higuma talks to Enma in his dreams,
1: basically. Yeah. Maybe it's some kind of form of like astral projection. Because I, I assume al- it is. He was also doing that training.
0: Yeah. I assume it is not literally a dream, but it's while he's asleep.
1: Yeah. Which is actually a little bit of world building that i rather
0: like. I like a lot of the world building in this series, actually. And last week did a lot to make me like Igama more than I have before. Yeah. So he goes to school where there's this girl who has a crush on him. Who's like, oh, everything's going great for me. I'm about to have a new little sister. My mom's the best. I'm sitting next to my best friend and my crush. Who's not here. Yeah, but that's fine. He gets, he has the w- window protagonist seat. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, it's like, that's fine. He'll be here eventually at some point. And like the teacher is calling on her and she's thinking in her head like he should show up any <laughs> second now. But then he does show up and at lunch he gets the last omelet sandwich, which she wanted. So
0: he trades it to her.
1: Yeah. And I really like that. She was like, all right, today's been really good. And then she walks over. She's like, Oh. Well, they're out of omelet sandwiches. All right. Well, minus one happy point because I'm not as much a fan of the croquette sandwiches as I am of the omelet ones. But whatever. It's still been a pretty good day. And that's when Higuma is like, oh, hey, I noticed that I grabbed the last omelet sandwich and you didn't get one. I like croquettes more anyway. I just grabbed the omelet one because it was the last one. And she's like, and now my happiness levels have skyrocketed.
0: And you're like, oh, no, this girl is very in trouble. Yes. (laughs) It's not good to be this girl. I think my, my exact note is this girl is screwed. Don't have crushes on the protagonist. Yes. So she suddenly feels like she has to get home as she starts thinking about her mom who's about to give birth. Yeah. And Higama gets told, I don't remember by who, if it's by Enma or by his friend at school, that like. It's by it, Enma. It, it is by Enma. I just don't remember how he told him, but he's like, hey, uh, it seems like he's probably targeting you, so watch out. Yep. And he, So he calls Ayaha, and she's like, nope, I'm all good. Everything's okay. And he's like, well, only people I know are Ayaha and my school. Oh, no. Yep. And we find out at the end that the girl has been possessed as Higuma confronts her, which is a pretty cool cliffhanger. Yep. I'm liking this story a lot more than I like the last one in this series. Yeah. Even though we're only on Chapter 2. Hopefully they won't follow the naming convention. But they're going to. and No, I hate it. That brings us to one you wanted to talk about this week, Kevin, which is Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 47, Juju Cursed Tools. Hey, it's not part 26. No, no, it's not a bad title. It's just funny when I say it out loud. Yes.
1: Juju is a funny word to say. Yep. So I have finally gotten caught up on Jujutsu Kaisen. It was only like 40 or 50 chapters to read. It wasn't that hard, especially with the extra week to read them in. So we have the... Jujutsu sorcerers from the Tokyo school are currently fighting some cursed spirits. It's kind of a hard translation. Yeah, thing. I really
0: get that a lot in this series. Like they call, literally called them juju cursed weapons. I'm like, there has to be a better. Yeah,
1: translation they they've mentioned that. it's it's kind of difficult because they're so they're kind of like demons, but they don't want to call them demons because they're like. Their curses is actually a fairly decent thing. It's like negative emotions make these things appear. They like manifest negative emotions. Okay. Into a being. That makes sense. I sounded like I was being facetious, but I'm not. Yeah. So that's what the curses are. And so they've, in one of the earlier chapters, they even mentioned they're like, we actually changed the translation. Because initially it had been like curse force and they switched it to spirit force. Because there was like, this fits more what we're trying to put out. Like, I understand having translation problems from a cultural standpoint. Yeah. Like, there's some shows that I've watched with the Japanese have a lot of stuff built into spirits being able to do things like animate objects and Kurt's spirits having... They're more than just ghosts that they would be over here, and they're not demons from hell. So, cursed spirits is a fairly accurate translation, I guess. Yeah. The more I read, the more I understood what they were talking about.
0: Uh, Yeah. Speaking of, this chapter, I won't say completely lost me, but I had a hard time following it. So... It's the two people fighting the one, I guess, cursed spirit like before. Yes, it starts off with an explanation of juju cursed tools, and basically they're just we- magical weapons. Yeah, at, like four levels of power, which I guess is the same way they rate sorcerers in this s-
1: setting. It's the same way they rank curses as well. Okay, so they it's they have their ranking weapon system, and essentially the cursed weapons are basically items that have been imbued with a curse versus cursed sorcerers can use spirit power. The one girl who uses cursed weapons doesn't have any spirit power whatsoever. She just uses cursed tools to get stuff done. Gotcha. So is the sword or the staff that's the super powerful one that they're talking about
0: at the beginning? I'm pretty sure it's the sword. Okay, because that read to me as something that I should have understood and didn't have the context for, but you just caught up so if you're not sure.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's super important which one of the two is just she was using one of the lower grade weapons that she had, and I think it's the sword is the one that's the really high grade one.
0: Gotcha. So the two people fighting this demon switch their weapon, and suddenly they start to get the upper hand. Yep. But he's cursed one of them with this like budding flower that the more they spells they cast, the more it'll expand. Yeah, and it'll like try and pierce his heart. Yeah. And he says it's more effective after he explains it, which is a trope that I actually kind of
1: like. But then, like, two other people show up. Yeah. So one of them is the main character.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: So I should um, be excited. Yes. So a lot of the backstory behind this is the main character, or I can't remember his name. Let's call him Juju for now. Sure. <laughs> the main character has a lot of really high physical ability. Okay. And at one point, he eats one of, I believe it's Sukuna, one of Sakuna's fingers. And Sukuna was the king of the cursed spirits. Like okay. he was the most powerful cursed spirit hundreds of years ago. And he was this weird cursed spirit that had four arms. And the juju sorcerers of the time managed to seal him away because even they had no way of actually destroying him. So they cut off all of his fingers and sealed each finger away to try and reduce his power, but they still couldn't destroy them. Okay. And so he inadvertently has to eat one. And because he's eaten it, he gets possessed by the Sakuna. But for whatever reason, he's actually strong enough to overwhelm Sakuna, at least one finger's worth of him. And so the Juju Sorcerers decide that He's going to be the best option to try and take out Sakuna. So if he can eat all 20 fingers and then they kill him, they'll be able to kill Sakuna.
0: Okay. Sounds like a bad deal for him.
1: Yeah. His goal right now is to die well, essentially. Okay. His grandfather at the beginning of the series died and he kind of passed on the knowledge that like you need to die well. So it's not just die gloriously in battle, like, have a purpose in your life. So he's like, oh, if I can remove Sakuna from existence, a lot less people will die. Fair enough, I suppose. And that's his goal. Obviously, one of the main characters, I think, is trying to make it so that they can coexist, essentially. like They're not just going to murder him once all 20 fingers are eaten. Try and figure out some shonen way, like let's be friends and bond with the evil king of the curses. But so that's what all that assassination stuff was a couple chapters ago is the Kyoto school found out that this kid was alive and had has eaten some of Sukuna's fingers. And so they're trying to kill him before he eats more and becomes too much of a problem for them to deal with. Okay, because they don't have as much power as the juju sorcerers of old. Kind of thing. For whatever reason, they lost a bunch of their inherent power. Okay. So, the main character, along with his rival from the Kyoto school, who they've been duking it out before we started reading, showed up. And they're going to fight these cursed spirits because they weren't part of the test that they're in, essentially. Like, this was... It's actually really weird. A bunch of cursed spirits have managed to band together to try and take out the juju sorcerers so that they can, like, one of them is like, we're the true humans. We're born of human emotions, and we're more real than you are, so we're going to kill all of you and rule the world. Okay, sure. Kind of thing, so that's what their goal is, and they want to recruit Sakuna since he's the most powerful cursed spirit. So they're like, if we can get him to our side, there's no way we can lose. Fair enough. So yeah, that's really what's been going on with Jujutsu Kaisen. So I like it quite a lot more now that I'm actually caught up on the story and like know who the characters are. Like that one guy that talks in fish, like salmon rose, stuff like that. Specifically, his voice, he gives incantations. So when he says like, don't move, you're basically magically compelled to not move. Fair enough. And so he's found that if he speaks in specifically sushi ingredients nothing bad will happen so that's how he's learned to communicate because anything he says could be construed as a command so he's like that's his safe vocabulary huh okay there's also another cool he
0: can't make you make him sushi i
1: guess not for whatever reason that's how he's chosen to communicate So he only he has a very limited vocabulary because his voice is extremely powerful. One of the other kids from the Tokyo school is a panda. (laughs) Of course, it's cool. Like he literally shows up when they're introduced, and they're like, "Wait, so that it's a panda?" Yep, I'm panda. Uh, uh, Okay. There's actually some really cool backstory stuff going on with him that we just learned about in a kind of recent chapter. But I'm liking Jujutsu Kaisen more that I actually know what's going on and who the characters are. Well, I'm glad one of us is. Moving on to something I think
0: we both enjoy, though, is Food Wars Chapter 299, like yin and yang. Also coming out to an important chapter of Food Wars. So, Although I don't know that I'm expecting anything
1: from Chapter 300. Uh, It's probably going to be transitioning. Well,
0: that's true. Because this pretty much ends the Shokugeki we were in with Soma and Takumi against the weird bar guy. Yes. Where they serve this like yin and yang souffle isn't the right word, but I actually don't remember what it
1: what is and didn't it's write it some, down. It's some French thing, yeah. That like one half is turtle flavored and the other one is cheese. Yeah, and the bar guys like, there's no way that could work, and then they somehow made it work, and that's what makes it clearly the best winner. They're like, wow, even the WGO judges have never tasted anything like this before. That's impressive.
0: And the way they made it work was by like making a super thin layer of those snack crackers from the first uh competition Takumi and Soma yep. had along, together.
1: Along with like sesame seeds and I think some kind of nut, maybe almonds. Yeah. They had that in their cool little yin yang mix. And basically the real meat of this
0: chapter, at least to me, is the ending where we find out that Takumi beat Soma and the Shoku Geki to get his mezzaluna back. But then uh, Soma immediately demanded a rematch,
1: and they've been going back and forth. Yeah, and so they've been literally trading the Metsaluna back and forth, even though Yukihira didn't want it. He was like, All right, Takumi was like, All right, I won my Metsaluna back. And Soma was like, I don't care about the Metsaluna anymore, but we need to have a Shokugeki. And so he won the second one, and Takumi's like, Here, have this back. I need to win this from you fair and square. And so they've literally been trading it back and forth, which is why. Soma was able to use the Mezzaluna so effectively is because he's been stuck with it for the past like year or so in between him losing the Mezzaluna and now.
0: Yeah, which is a pretty cool touch, and I really like that whole sequence. Yeah, so, that was
1: really great. Which helps put Takumi on an
0: even level with Soma, which is something this series, I feel like, has really struggled with its supporting cast. Yeah. They all seem like they're light years behind Soma and the other antagonists for the most
1: part his friends yeah there was there's a uh, rio yeah, it's true rio and Smell spice guy, guy. yeah <laughs> super nose guy <laughs> can't remember his name but yeah so they were on they were on par with him that's but, true. like specifically his friends even though they made it onto the council were a bit behind him so it's nice to see that it's like no they've caught up yeah Which brings us to Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaiba, Chapter 146,
0: Pride. Which, unfortunately, again, I like last week's Kimitsu no Yaiba a lot, and this one's not so much. Because last week we kind of resolved the fight between the two Thunder users. Yep. And this one we're starting something new. I don't know, there are Demon
1: Doctors... There's a cocoon that's absorbing someone? Yes. So I have also caught up on Demon Slayer. Oh, you have? I know what's going on. Please explain, Kevin.
0: I'm actually interested in this
1: one. Yes. So the one Thunder user is actually has been a crybaby for the entire series, like for the past 130 chapters. Okay. And specifically what used to happen is he still trained really hard, but he always complained during it. But during dangerous situations, he would literally work himself up so much that he would go unconscious, and then while he was sleeping is when he would be able to use his techniques. Okay, so he's Ultra Instinct Goku. Sort of, yes. And now he's able, clearly able to do it while he's not unconscious. He's had this revelation when their master died that I need to stop being so much of a crybaby. So he has this touching dream reunion with his grandfather which i was reading up on i was trying to figure out who the character was in that last panel in the cocoon i eventually figured it out but i needed i went and read some of the things because i was like i don't remember which girl this is because there's like five or six of them involved in the current conflict
0: yeah all the stuff with the thunder breather guy i mean i didn't have all the details but i pretty much understood yeah, I would have been able to tell you everything except for the he used to be a crybaby thing. But everything else, like the doctors that show up, I'm not
1: sure who they are or whose side they're on. So they're working with the Demon Slayers. So the one guy who said like they were like, he made his eyes look more human, is currently the only demon to be changed by the woman stuck in the cocoon. Okay. So she was, she's a demon doctor who eventually got fed up with being a demon and has been trying to figure out how to turn the main character, Taj Ty- Taisha, something like that. Uh, his sister got turned into a demon in like the first chapter. Okay. And so that's what set him on this path to becoming a demon slayer and where he's met everybody else is his sister. Normally demons need to eat humans or at least drink human blood in order to regenerate their, or no, they specifically need to eat humans in order to grow, grow stronger. She doesn't she actually sleeps to regain her strength. So right in the beginning, she's asleep for like eight months or something ridiculous like that. She basically goes into a coma to regenerate. Yeah. But she's really weird. She's different from all the other demons. And very recently, she found out that she will not burn in the sunlight. Um, Do demons normally vampire burn in the sunlight? Yeah. Okay. that's, That's actually... So the main villain who was the first demon who got cursed to become a demon, essentially. And he's the only person who can make other demons. So really, we should be using the word vampire. Go on. Basically, yeah. I mean, so they're fighting Dracula. They're fighting Dracula. And finally, one of Dracula's children is immune to the sun. So he wants to absorb her so that he can be immune to the sun because that's the only way to kill Dracula. Sure. Sure. Because normal vampires can be killed by either cutting off their head or exposing them to sunlight. So they are 100% just vampires. Continue. And... Yeah, they even dra- have to drink human blood? Yeah. <laughs> they specifically need to eat people entirely. Okay. It's not just drinking blood. It's like, so... But uh, the main bad guy, they he showed up to kill their master and they attacked him and it turns out that he is immune to having his head cut off. Like, he can regenerate from even that. It's a good immunity to have. Go on. So, the woman in the kimono at the end, in that giant cocoon, which I'm guessing is the main demon guy, he's, like, doing something weird to absorb, because he wants to absorb the... I think her name is Neza, who's immune to sunlight, so that he no longer... He will become the perfect immortal being. They tried to trap him with her so that they could extract the ability to turn demons back into humans from him. Okay. But that weird shifting palace showed up around him. Okay. And so that's why they're separated and fighting all of these demons. Okay. The demon slayers are trying to get to the main bad guy and he's trying to absorb Neza so that he can become immune to sunlight and become the perfect immortal being. So that's Neza at the end? No. No. That's the demon doctor. Okay. She's the one who stabbed him with some kind of demon sorcery to keep him locked in place so gotcha. that they could try and kill him or capture or kill him. Gotcha. So that's that's their plan. So yeah, that demon doctor or the guy that was helping people out is the only demon to have been created from somebody other than the main guy. So he's different than every other demon. Okay. And so The, both of them have kind of, because Taji showed up and helped them out, they're kind of like, we're going to help out humans. So that's why he's just kind of running around helping out the demon slayers. Because A, he doesn't want to die. They'll kill, they'll try and kill him on side if they knew he was a demon. But he also doesn't like the main demon anyway. He's kind of basically in love with the demon doctor. Okay. Huh. So that's what's going on with that. Yeah, uh, I like the start of it. (laughs) I'm super excited for, I think his name is Eno. Easy dude that wears a boar head, like literally a boar's head. Okay. It's great. But before we get to that, we
0: have The Promised Neverland, Chapter 123, An Important Choice. So like we pretty much suspected, Emma is not super on board the kill all demons plan. And Ray pretty much is figures it out and is like, hey, Emma, we have to talk about this so you don't do something impulsive later on. Even though we neither of us can come up with a plan right now.
1: Yeah. She was like, I was trying to bury those feelings down. He's like, That you wouldn't have that wouldn't have worked at all. I could have taken those feelings to my those kind of feelings to my grave. But with you, they would have exploded out. And knowing you, they would have exploded out at the worst possible time and doomed us all.
0: Yeah. So they can't come up with a plan. So Ray's like, okay, let's talk to Norman. Because remember your two demon friends that Kevin told Jeremy about a couple of weeks ago? Yep. They didn't have to eat humans and they could retain their intelligence. So either they were lying to us. Or they're weird and special. Yep. And if Norman knows about the weird special demons, he might be able to tell us about them. And if he doesn't, his plan's not going to work. Depending on how many weird yeah. special demons there are, yeah. So we need to talk to him about that. So they're like, hey, where's Norman? And they just see all his weird paramilitary friends. They're
1: like, ah, the boss isn't here right now. You should uh, hang out and talk with us. Yeah, we we've got some questions for you. Yeah. Essentially pampered rich kids. Yeah. But obviously they're not rich. So that's a pretty decent cliffhanger to end it on. Yeah.
0: Which brings us to the one I wanted to talk about this week, which is Black Clover. I didn't write down the chapter number or name because I'm bad at this podcast.
1: Meh.
0: It's a pretty decent Black Clover chapter. That's the only reason I really picked it out. Uh, and we get all the characters. Yeah. That I care about anyway. Noel, Asta, and Yuno. Yep. Which is weird for a chapter of Black Clover. Usually it's just some random asshole. Some la- last week it was just some random assholes that
1: I was like, okay. Yeah. Guess you guys are fighting now. Yeah, so it does turn out that Yuno was outside of the castle and he'd been rounding up all the magic knights to come to the main fight, all the ones that have been like forced on the outskirts. Yeah. Okay. And he shows up and finds out that is inside the castle. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, well, there's no way to get in now. Only it looks like Yuno has one of the... They're waiting on the last magic stone and it looks like... That's what Yuno has, and that makes sense, right? Because you told me he'd been turned into an
0: elf, yeah, already. So th- this all read as this makes sense to me. I think I know what's going on here.
1: Yeah, so he has the last magic stone. So a beam of light essentially summons him to the castle. But Charmy is clinging onto him because she thinks he's super hot. So she's like, "I'll cook food for you anywhere," because he gives her praise of like, "Wow, your your magic food is incredible." Because and it, I think it's like an internal thought of like, because it restores magic. Yeah. but she's clinging on to him and so they the both of them get summoned into the castle. So they're specifically where Asta is, right? Because she sees... Charmy shows up where Asta is. Okay. We don't actually... Because they you get know... separated. Oh, you know, I didn't so you know it's... they got separated but that makes
0: sense. That's yeah. consistent with the way the castle acted before. I love it though because the, the like chapter cliffhanger is Charmy going, oh, where am I? And then she sees what's going on and she's like, oh, I'm in hell. hell.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> Asta going, oh, Miss Charmy! <laughs> Before
0: that, though, we get some cool stuff, in Noelle fighting this, like, phoenix villain who has fire and resurrection powers, and yes. she literally blows the half, or like, torso off,
1: Yeah, and she uh,
0: just regenerates, and like, oh, I lost my clothes.
1: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, because Noelle was like, I've been, like, focusing so much on my magic control, but these elves are ridiculously powerful, right? I could just let loose, so she fires an attack, and she's like, oh no, I cut her in half!
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, meanwhile, Asta and... What's her name? Is it, I want to say Megumi, but I know it's not right. That's not right. I um, don't know. Vine girl. Asta and girl with a crush on Asta. That doesn't like, help Vine girl. Like, are being, like, kind of pushed back and can't make any headway. And Asta gets her protecting her, so she, he's like, okay, we have to combine!
1: Yeah, so she's essentially <laughs> on his back, surrounded in vines, so that he can protect her and fight at the same time, essentially. Which is, again, pretty funny. Yes. Uh, I just... Where's this Black Clover? Can we have this Black Clover every week, Kevin? I would like this Black
0: Clover. This was a lot of the earlier Black Clover. I b- can believe that. And even most of the art was pretty okay. You know, showing up with reinforcements was a little shaky. But other than that, yeah. I could tell what was going on. It was good. Which brings us to the monthly one we're talking about this week, which is World Trigger. I read Chapter 174 and 175, since World Trigger just does two chapters at a time now. So did I. Okay. So let's talk about it like one story then. I didn't super care for this. The battle finally ends. It was kind of ambiguous. I'd kind of not forgotten what the stakes were, but I thought we were in a case where the main team, Takutsu 2, something like that. Taokomi?
1: Takomi 2, maybe? Takomi, something like that.
0: I thought they had to get all three kills
1: or they were out, but it looks like there's another round. I think what it was is... If they got all three kills, they were in a better... Like, we need to get all three kills to be in a better position, but now we have to go through this final round down, essentially, because there's, like, team leaderboards.
0: Yeah, it just read to me like, we have to do
1: it. This is our final chance, so... I knew there was one more match.
0: so I must have misunderstood.
1: Yeah, I remember them saying there's at least one more match after this. Oh, I... I even remember us talking about it of like, all right, this is the second to last match. Oh, so then the stakes aren't. I do remember that saying that now that you say that. Yeah. But I thought they had to get all these kills to
0: stay in it still, which I guess is not true because basically what happens here is the enemy team
1: manages to escape. Yeah. They still get all the points. They still get points
0: for surviving, but they don't get the points, the three points for killing these guys.
1: They, st- they don't end up, like, out of points. But... Yeah. I think what it was is now they're they're going to be behind in this next match. Like, they need to do super well in the next match.
0: They actually say there's, like, a huge post-match commentary at the end, which I found yeah. super boring, to be honest. A little bit. Um, But they say that the two teams are now tied, but because it's a tie, it's based on previous rank standing. So, Tacoma 2 is actually in third place. Yeah. And they need to be in second place. At least. Yes. So that's pretty much what happens here. Again, I found it actually kind of boring and yeah. confusing because I thought the stakes were different than they are.
1: Yeah, the fact that it didn't matter as much that they kind of sort of lost. Like I thought they would be more devastated of like, "Oh no, now we really have to work hard" because I yeah. knew at least there was one more match when I was reading it. So I knew this wasn't the final one and they weren't "Oh no, now we're out." Yeah. It just read as weird to me. I think what it was is they and we might have just not remembered it right, but they needed the, uh, they needed all those points in order to secure second place. That might have been the case. Like, if that they would gotten sense. one more point, they would have secured second place and then not had to worry as much during the next match. But now that they're tied, they really need to secure total victory in this next match. Yeah.
0: Yeah, World Trigger's kind of all over the place for me. Sometimes I feel like it's really good, and a lot of the time I feel like it's just kind of, eh, the stakes in it are super weird. And I don't really care about, honestly, any of the characters, but especially any of the characters on the other teams. Yeah. So the time it spends going through their aftermath just doesn't do anything for me.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of that, which is very similar to how I felt with Jujutsu Kaisen and even Demon Slayer to an extent, is there's a lot of backstory behind those characters, so not knowing what the backstory is kind of hinders what the author's trying to say, because he kind of tends to it's not taking shortcuts, but You don't constantly talk about people's backstories over and over again.
0: Yeah, manga, especially compared to, like, Western media, assumes you know what's going on.
1: Yes. Which is a thing I appreciate about it, but... Well, it's mainly because manga doesn't tend to kickstart or restart characters so much.
0: Well, there is that, but I'm even thinking, like, weekly U.S. dramas. Yeah. Like, American comics are restarting all the goddamn time, and that's a different thing. Yes. But even like week to week shows like even game of thrones usually will take a while to catch you up yeah if it needs to which like i said i appreciate that manga doesn't but it does leave me feeling kind of confused about like why do i care about these people some of the time
1: yeah well like i said with Jujutsu kaisen i started liking it more than i'm like oh i actually know why i care about these people now or i'm supposed to care about these people or if i don't care about them in the case of somebody who's like, oh, I, I don't actually know anything about this guy, so that's why I don't really care about him. He's kind of a villain almost. Well, speaking of things we care about and don't care about, I suppose that takes us into the jump card, right? Yeah.
0: Jump Card is the segment where we rank all the Shonen Jump chapters from the ones we like least to the ones we like most, like the polls they used to let you do on ShonenJump.com before they stopped making it a magazine.
1: So, you got your pulled up, Kevin? You ready to start? Sure. So, my number 16 was Neolation. Almost just from that panel of Neo lighting the guy on fire saying, Blaze. Like, they don't even try to make... (laughs) He literally casts a magic spell. Yeah, yeah. On the monk, who they light on fire, for kind and it of went no downhill reason? from there.
0: I I feel like it goes uphill from there, but we'll talk about that when we get the neolation in my list. Neolation's not good. I I know people who listen to this podcast know that last week was maybe peak bad night neolation though. So that was horrible. Yeah. So this chapter, in a lot of ways, like benefited for me from not being last week's neolation chapter my number 16 is actually a hikey you just because this was the one chapter this week that I was actually bored reading. Yeah. And like, I just really wanted whole-
1: to be like, can, can we be over now please? Yeah. So my number 15 was act age because I just don't like this series. So, and I, I think a lot of the problem is because I've decided I don't like this series. I rank it low. I rank it low and I don't look for stuff to start liking in it.
0: Yeah, I'm very much the opposite with the series I don't like. I try to be very fair, like, okay, am I just putting One Piece above this because I like One
1: Piece or was One Piece actually better this week? Yeah, and I just have a harder time ranking things. So my results might seem a little weird.
0: Uh, our results are going to be very different, I think, this week. Whereas Probably. Normally, they're pretty similar. My number 15 is Jujutsu Kaisen because I just, again, had no idea what was going on. Yep. And again, I wanted it to be over, but at least I wasn't bored. I was just trying to figure out. Okay, they're switching weapons. Which of these weapons is the good one?
1: Yeah. So, um, and
0: the cliffhanger at the end did nothing for me because I had no idea who those guys were.
1: Yep. So my number 14, 14 was Haikyuu because like you said, just kind of a boring chapter. I don't, I don't even know who, what team we were talking about or which characters we were following if they were the same guys that we've been following for the last little bit. like I literally had no idea what was going on. So I was just like... All right, so it's a bunch of players talking about, hey, if we make it to the semifinals, we get to be in center stage. Okay. So my number
0: 14 was Act Age, because like you said, I don't really like it, but at least the emotions here at this funeral scene were pretty decent, and it did make sense from where we were before to go to this, Yeah, and it seems to be setting stuff up. I still don't like Act Age, which is why it went so low, but it went above the stuff
1: where I'm just like, I don't know what's going on here, Yeah, at least. So my number 13 was Hell's Paradise. I didn't like, I actually liked Last Chapters.
0: Oh, I really oh. like Last Chapter of Hell's Paradise. If we yeah. had done a podcast last week, we definitely would have talked about that.
1: Yeah, because that was pretty interesting. So essentially, just a quick summation, the Shogun has sent another batch of like 50 people to the island to get the Elixir of Life. And it turns out there's both Samurai and Shinobi. In the faction that he sent over, and the Shinobi have been sent to go kill one of the dudes already on the island, and the Samurai don't trust the Shinobi and think they're total trash, so there's a lot of drama going on there, and the Shogun's like, "Oh, I'm sure the people already on the island will think it's a great treasure trove of people to come help out and one of the I think it's one of the Samurais like, "No, this is a death trap, everyone is going to die, yeah, anyway, this week." <laughs> is the one ninja dude who lost his memory fighting, apparently, an immortal guy who can regenerate from any wound.
0: Yeah, it's just fight stuff. At least it's fight stuff with one guy we whose deal we know, and we see him doing some flashback stuff. Yep. But after last week, it was a pretty weak chapter. Uh, my number 13 is Demon Slayer, because again, I really liked the start of it, which was just finishing that battle, but after that, it completely lost me.
1: Yeah. And it was a lot of stuff based on. Like, the last time we had seen that guy, the dude had been helping other people out was like 60 chapters ago or something ridiculous like that. Like, he. They keep mentioning him, but he hasn't shown up on page for quite a while. So they're kind of like bringing him back in. Gotcha. Kind of thing. My number 12 was Dr. Stone because this chapter kind of felt all over the place a little bit. Like, they're. Searching for oil, but nope, we've got to search for truffles, which we also call black gold, which is super confusing. And that leads us to oil. Yes, because Uh, the pigs roll. uh, The first ever oil sighting was because a pig had been rolling around in a puddle of oil, and for some reason they need to go find the pig that was rolling around in oil to find the oil fields. I feel like that's just an idea they had. I put Doctor Stone fairly high this week, but they're talking about like,
0: hey, we have some pigs. Maybe we should. Check him out. See if that'll work.
1: Well, specifically because the the chef is going to kill the pig, and Senko's like, no, 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 don't do it. But like, like he, that's after the chef says, "Huh, this one kind of smells like oil. That's weird." Yeah, but I'm just confused why Senko is. I I just I don't know what what was okay. going on. Like, I feel like I don't know why they need the pig. Like they were like, "Oh, the pigs must have been rolling around in the oil field." Okay, what what are you gonna do? Let it lead you back to it somehow. That's what he says the, is how
0: humans discovered oil. I don't know if that story's true or not. Yeah. But it made sense to me, at least. Uh, last week, I feel like I also had a really good chapter of Dr. Stone. Last week just was a really good issue of Shonen Jump, so it's too bad we didn't really get to talk to it. Talk yeah. about it, I guess. My number 12 is Hell's Paradise. I feel like we pretty much yep. went over the reasons already. I just
1: understood it a bit better than Demon Slayer, which is why it went higher. Yep. So my number 11 was World Trigger. Cause There was still some kind of cool stuff going on. I liked the one guy who was like, I'm not going to show Viper at all because as soon as I noticed how we were doing in this match, I knew that the next match was going to be super important because we weren't going to be able to get the clear cut victory that we wanted. So I needed to not show off my hidden skill so that I could pull that out in the middle of the next match and surprise people.
0: Yeah. Number 11 is also world trigger for me. Because it had some good stuff. I understood everything that was going on, which is like kind of where the line is here. But I didn't super enjoy it.
1: My number ten was Hellwarden. Okay. Um It was just kind of the start the top of my list I kinda of like liked a bunch of stuff. So the top of my list is kind of very weirdly placed. I liked the start, like this is gonna be a cool start to an arc, but it was just the start to an arc. And I felt like not a whole lot happened other than the setup of this is going to be the next villain. I feel like there's a lot of setup for this character, too.
0: But I'll, I'll talk more about that when I get to where I put Hellwarden. Okay. Uh, my number 10 is Neolation. I still don't like Neolation. We're still in the stuff I didn't super like segment of my list. But there's that joke kind of in the middle where they're like, hey, so like Fast and the Furious is like, no, it's much more serious than that. And then they cut to exactly a Fast and the Furious like street race opening montage and yep. it's like it wasn't like this before and that joke actually really landed for me
1: that was funny I and just... they
0: are setting up some new stuff that i'm at least kind of interested in so i feel like Neolation is good at starting arcs and bad at middle and ending arcs
1: yeah and, and also
0: the main character is completely insufferable
1: yeah and that's really what kind of kills it for me so even though because i remember laughing at that joke but because before that, he had just lit the Brother Tao on fire just by saying Blaze. Like, really? See, here's where I am. That's all Neo did this chapter. It's a pretty good chapter of Neolation. I guess. So nine is my is where I put Black Clover. Again, i I liked most of the chapters up around the top. And I just kind of throwing darts at a dartboard for where I put stuff. There wasn't, for me, a super clear winner or there were some clear losers for me, but that was just personal stuff. So this just kind of felt, like you said, not the best release of Shonen Jump. So I've got Black Clover at number nine.
0: At number nine, I have Chainsaw Man. This is where my list starts to pick up. There is a pretty hard line between this and the elation of dislike to like. But Chainsaw Man, the ending of this fight seemed kind of anticlimactic with just reinforcements coming. And I did really like the ending joke, but other than that, It was just kind of struggling on. Yeah. I feel like Chainsaw Man has a lot of, I don't want to say wasted potential. We're only on chapter 10, but I see a
1: really cool series in here, and I want to get to that instead of kind of where we are with it, which is kind of uneven. So my number eight was Jujutsu Kaisen, because I finally got caught up and I know what's going on. So I'm super excited to see the main character and his essentially current rival in the other school show up and see what they're doing there's going to be some cool stuff going on because they're both kind of like physical brawler types. Gotcha. So we're probably going to get fight. Yeah. And specifically a fist
0: fight as opposed to like a weird magic fight. My number eight is One Piece because like I said, I feel like One Piece was kind of a mess this week. But it's still One Piece. We still get some cool powers. Nami and Brooke don't get to do a lot in One Piece. So it's cool to see them doing stuff even though they were on the Big Mom mission. So they've been featured a lot lately. Yeah. It's still always nice when they get to do something. Same with Robin. A yeah. Kind of an underserved character. So at least I'm getting to see guys do stuff, but
1: uh, it was a mess to follow, which is what kind of brought it so low. Yep. So my number seven was Demon Slayer. I do actually like all these characters showing up. I like the kind of resolution of his entire arc, but the the first Thunderbreather guy in the last chapter, it turned out he had invented a seventh form of Thunder Breathing, even though there's only six forms. And he got some resolution with his grandfather. And then the other people showed up and the weird Dracula is turning into a growth to absorb people. Yeah. Is going to be an interesting aspect. So I'm excited to see what happens with that.
0: My number seven is Black Clover because it was a good chapter of Black Clover. And we don't get those very often, in my opinion. But this is like what I want a chapter of Black Clover to be. And we got three fights going on, I guess two fights, and Yuno's there. But with the characters I actually care about, so I'm excited to see Noelle fight Phoenix Lady some more.
1: Yes. So my number six was One Piece. I liked it a bit better than you, even though, like you said, it is a little bit sloppy and kind of all over the place. I did, I guess, take the time to spend... All right, is this the Orion that we're talking about, or Robin, or like just kind of staring at panels to figure out what exactly is going on and so i liked some of the jokes so it landed at number six for me speaking of
0: jokes number six for me was we never learn because we never learn always at least pretty funny yep. and this one is no exception uh but it wasn't anything special for we never Learn."
1: yeah so we never Learn" was number five for me for a lot of the same reasons i did like the yuya senpai talking about I want to become a doctor just like my dad and help people, even though it's not the most lucrative thing and he's kind of an idiot for not taking money from people, <laughs> but it's a nice thing that he's helping people out. My number five was
0: My Hero Academia, which is maybe the lowest I've ever put My Hero Academia, even if we went back and I put it in in the ones I didn't before. But just because this is a really transitioning chapter and not much happens, we get some explanations of stuff that happened before, but they're not super insightful or exciting. Yeah. I do really like Bakugo hanging out with all by end. Deku, though.
1: Yep. So my number four was Chainsaw Man. Not really much else to say about it other than what you did. I liked the reinforcements showing up that we get to see that suit samurai guy can summon a demon or a devil dog, I guess. And I liked the visuals of his fingers forming around Denji. And then, like, that's what the dog became. And as it like bit the head off the leech demon. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. My number four was Dr. Stone, just because I feel like Dr.
0: Stone was advancing stuff this week. And I actually kind of did like all of the stuff with the truffles and the oil. And like how it's kind of that scientific thing of this accidentally leads to this other discovery. I guess. It wasn't amazing or anything, but I felt this was a pretty weak issue of Shonen Jump overall. And Dr. Stone held together a bit better than a lot of the other series.
1: Yeah. So my number three was Promised Neverland. This is kind of a setup to something cool happening, but I definitely liked it. I liked Ray pointing out, hey, listen, right now there is no way to save both the humans and the demons. So you need to make a decision. We need to talk to Norman about this. You can't just hide these feelings from everybody else. It's going to explode at the worst moment. And that's usually one of the tropes in stories that really kind of bothers me when people keep secrets from their allies and then it it comes to light in the worst possible way at the worst possible time and so ray being like this is literally going to happen we need to stop that was super refreshing that like he's taking that trope on its head and saying no we're not going to let you ruin the mission at the worst possible time we're going to try and figure something else out first my number three was Hellward and Higama because I really like this
0: chapter of Higama. It actually kind of makes me like Higama a lot more. The last two chapters really combine to do that. But also, I really like this girl in his class with a crush on him they're setting up. Yeah. And like the stakes feel super high because we've seen what this kitsune soon does in the yeah. last chapter. And also, we get, I've already had Higama telling Enma, hey, stop making my friends into my allies. And Enma saying, no. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if that, this, girl goes that direction because she's an interesting character or if
1: something more tragic happens i can see that so my number two was food wars this week actually this is a really solid chapter of food wars i liked the like you said i liked the backstory bit about how the two of them have been essentially passing the mezzaluna back and forth to each other this is also my number two basically entirely for that
0: last bit at the end
1: yeah, that was pretty great. And I also did like the fact that they came up with a weird turtle and cheese meringue dish thing. I It's got some weird French name that I can't remember. But even the guy that they were fighting against being like, what? There's no way those two flavors can work. How did they make these two flavors work?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's pretty good Food Wars. But that ending is really what sets it so high for me. Yep, Because it's character
1: stuff. Yeah, that was really great. So my number one was My Hero Academia. Almost solely on that panel with Grape Kid getting a Clockwork Orange. Like, I immediately recognized what was happening to him. And it was kind of this, like, background thing that they don't really pay attention to. And I was just like, that's really cool. And I liked the Class B interacting with Class A as, besides the Class B asshole, like, everyone else really <laughs> likes Class A. Tetsu Tetsu was talking to... Harishima? Yeah. Hey man, just because I won, steel is resistant to fire, but it seems like every time you get beat, you get stronger, kind of thing. And I haven't been going through that. And Eri being told that Claspy Asshole is the dark side of UA was really great. So my number one is Promise
0: Neverland because it's just a discussion about emotions, which is what I'm here for. Yeah, that's what I'm here for—showing anime slash manga for. And I really like Ray and Emma's relationship. It's the thing that makes Promise Neverland work. Mm-hmm. And I'm also really excited by the cliffhanger of like, what are these like paramilitary dudes going to want to talk about? Are they going to like ruin everything, or are they legit just curious?
1: Yep. Are they trying to figure out more about the mysterious boss? Yeah. Like, wait, you knew Norman before he was weird.
0: Yeah, Promise Neverland, like I said, has been pretty up there for me lately so yep.
1: it continues on that track this week yeah and the anime has been super solid too i am a couple episodes behind i need to catch up I'm, i was enjoying it i haven't watched the most recent episodes so i'm not behind yet because the next one hasn't come out yet i think i'm missing three maybe two but i unfortunately i had to leave friday and saturday of last week so i ended up that's usually the days that i watch a ton of anime so i'm kind of behind on what i'm supposed to be watching right now because of that all
0: right so speaking of behind that doesn't really work but we are going to come back and we're going to talk about ronmo and half All right, so we read Ranmo and Half Volume 1 this week. We read the older edition?
1: Yes, so which... the older edition, when it got translated to English, was flipped, so it reads left to right like a traditional American comic book, and also I found a lot of confusion because I didn't have the actual volume in front of me which chapters I was supposed to be reading Because, like, the Japanese release was eight chapters, the English release was 14, the new release was, like, 12, is all very confusing. Yeah, I read all 14, or... I believe I only read the first eight. Okay, we can just talk about the first eight, then. Well, we can talk about the first 14 if you want to talk about them.
0: I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you what happens after eight, because unfortunately, since we didn't record last week, I read this a while ago. Same. But I really liked it. Yeah. I can definitely see why this one got so much praise. It was the author whose name I should have written down. I will look it up real quick. It was her fourth manga series. And you can tell she's figured out what she's doing. Gotcha, yep. Because all of the jokes land really well, and they use comic book mediums really, really well. Mm -hmm. There are so many times where Ranma gets splashed by random water. Yep. that should just like be like, oh, that's convenient. But she's so good at constructing page turns, yeah, that they always come up as a really funny.
1: Yep. Oh, it started to rain, or somebody accidentally like spilled a bucket out of the the high school, and then someone else was like, dude, what if that hits somebody? Who cares? It's just water.
0: Rumiko Takahashi is her name, and yeah, it's really really funny. Just the breakneck pace of it. If you don't know the premise. Ranma is a martial artist who was on a journey training with his grandfather. When they went to a bunch of cursed springs, yep. his grandfather fell in the cursed spring of the
1: panda, in which a panda tragically died. The drowned panda. It's all, everybody drowned, and there's like a hundred pools or something like that, and there's like a different something, I'm assuming something died in every single one, and that something was different. I know more of these cursed pools come back later. Yeah, I'm guessing they do.
0: And Ranma fell in the pool of the ground girl. Yes. So if they are splashed with cold water, they will transform into a panda and a girl until such time that they are splashed with hot water. Yep. So most of the humor comes from randomly cold water showing up. Yes. So Ronma's grandfather basically calls in a favor with this friend of his who has three daughters. And he's like, "Ah, oh, if one of my daughters were to marry your son, the f- the future of our dojo would be assured because that's the premise of this series. There's yeah. no
1: real reason for it. It's an arranged marriage. It it's not the most contrived arranged marriage I've ever seen. So. No,
0: but like the reasoning doesn't make sense. I don't understand how Ron marrying one of these girls helps the dojo except for that he's an anime protagonist and is real good at martial arts. Yeah, specifically or- the school of indiscriminate grappling.
1: Yeah, maybe they were just trying to, like, Rama's lineage is really good. So maybe with him marrying into the family, they'll gain some prestige out of it. So, anyway,
0: he has three daughters who are, I think, 19, 17, and 16. Sounds right. At first, the older girls are really interested, and they find out Rama is half girl. Yes. Basically. And they're like, oh, ah, no, Akane, our youngest sister, should do it. Uh, she doesn't even like guys. So, this will be
1: great. Yeah, because when Rama first shows up, He's in his girl form. I'm guessing because it, like, rained on the way over. They never really explain it. But, so, she shows up with her panda grandfather and everyone's like, wait, you're Ranma, but you're a girl. How could we have gotten that confused?
0: Yeah. and He's like, I swear on the letter. You said he was a son. Yes. Anyway, yeah, and hijinks ensue, as you might imagine. For example, Ranma is just, as a girl in the bath. And Akane walks in and He's turned back into a guy because the bath is warm water, and he just gets, like, a full view of her, and he's like, I, I don't even care. I've checked myself out so many times.
1: Yeah, it doesn't bother I'm, me anymore.
0: Yeah, and also, I got a way better figure
1: than you. That was pretty great. <laughs> he's like, I, I look way better than you, so why would I care what you look like?
0: <laughs> oh, which pisses her off. I do love that when they then go to school, just, like, all the guys are out on the schoolyard challenging her to a fight. Yes. Because whoever beats her can ask her out. I'm like, man, no wonder she hates men. It's not that she hates men. It's just every guy she knows is an asshole.
1: Yes. So she, she justifiably hates men. Like, okay, that that makes a lot of sense. If you walk into your school and everyone's like, we must have a duel. And whoever wins gets to ask you out.
0: Another thing that really stood out to me about this is, while the humor is the selling point, the martial arts is no are drawn really well. They're better than early Dragon Ball. Yeah. And as good as almost anything we've read, honestly. Just the motion lines and the way attacks are drawn.
1: Yeah, it all feels very visceral and real.
0: Yeah, it has this very Chinese
1: kung fu action
0: movie feel to it. Yeah, lots of
1: flips and very big movements.
0: In a way that all reads really well and it's super fun to watch. I guess read. Whatever you do with a comic. Yes. Yes. So basically, the first, I guess, story arc is this guy who calls himself the Blue Thunder named Kuno, who has a crush on Akane, also sees girl Ranma and has a crush on both of them suddenly. Yeah. And finds out that Ranma and Akane are engaged. And so he wants to defeat Ranma. But no matter how many times they try to explain it to him, he, like, will not understand that Ranma is the same person as Ranma. Yes. And he's like, oh, you kidnapped that girl. He's, he's like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Yep, And again, it just works really well. It's all farcical. It's all super ridiculous, yeah. but the pacing of it just really makes it work, as well as how well a lot of it is drawn.
1: Yeah. The problem with it being all farcical and whimsical is I kind of have trouble remembering the specific, like, chapters. Yeah, I It mean- all kind of, like, flows together as, like, it was a very fun read, but... Other than that arc, I don't really, really remember anything else. Ha- like, they just keep having these hilarious situations where he gets splashed with water randomly, turns into a girl, and has to figure out how to change back or escape from Blue Thunder because he's chasing after both of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's its strength, though. It's a super breezy read. I feel like I could read almost this entire series in an afternoon
1: Well, and that, if I, I had wasn't, it all. Yeah, I wasn't trying to say that. Yeah. That was ruining the experience for me. I'm saying specifically from a standpoint of trying to remember what happened in chapter six. I couldn't tell you. Now, I I enjoyed reading it. I only happened to read eight chapters. And if I decide to actually keep rereading this, I might try and pick up the. So they re released the Rama one half, I think specifically through Viz. And they cleaned up a lot of the art, cleaned up a lot of the translations, and switched it back to the standard right-to-left manga-style reading, so it's more like the original. And then they also, like, they bundled the volumes, so, like, the first book you can get is Volumes 1 and 2, which I think are the first 16 chapters, because they go off the Japanese releases, which were 8 chapters per volume, I think. It got confusing over which versions had which chapters. But it'd be much easier, obviously, if I had the book in my hand.
0: Yeah, the hardest thing about Rodma is tracking down a way to read it because there have been so many releases. And like we said, I went with this first one because the only other one I could find was like a two in one.
1: That two in one is the the newer release.
0: Yeah, but I feel like it's probably the same size. Cause this was fourteen chapters, the one I read. And yeah. I don't know what the two in one is, but I think, Like I said, I think the two in one
1: is sixteen chapters.
0: Okay, but that's not that many more. So it's just a
1: Yeah, it was because the The Japanese releases were eight chapters and the English were 14. So eventually, because I think they were, the English release was quite a lot later because they flipped all the art and everything like that. So I think what they did was they were kind of trying to catch up to the Japanese releases. So they were putting more chapters into each volume. That makes kind of sense. But
0: like I said, the humor really works. And as the series goes on, uh, it's more in the later chapters, which is why I'm not talking about it. The emotional core of the series starts to take off as well. With yeah. the relationship between Akane and Rama actually kind of developing. Yep. So, if you've heard of this series but never checked it out like I have, I'd really highly recommend it. It's maybe my favorite thing we've read so far for this podcast, to be completely honest. Just how really? breezy wow. it was. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's re- not as good as My Hero Academia, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and we've kind of in final thoughts already. This was kind of brief, to, but do we have anything else to say about it other than honestly, it's very good?
1: No, uh, like you said, it's a very breezy read, so what specifically happened in what chapter doesn't really matter as much. The jokes were funny, the situations are ridiculous, but they're kind of pointed out as such, so they don't feel contrived.
0: I'm amazed at how well like, it all flows together and it makes sense while you're reading it, and how it never really takes you out of it, yeah. given how ridiculous some of the situations are.
1: I do really want to, if we continue reading this, I do want to pick up the re release 2 2-in-1 volumes because apparently the art's much better in those. Yeah, I think that's fine. And they also fixed some of the translation things. They're, I was reading like some reviews on them trying to figure out which chapters I could be reading or should be reading. And someone was like, yeah, they changed just a couple of little things that just made a bit more sense. And after having reading so much... Japanese material, I understand why translation is very hard because if you try and translate a joke that has no context over here, a lot of the time it just falls flat. And if you try trying to explain it, it again falls flat. So you either have to toe the line of we need to change the dialogue completely in order to fit Western ideals, or we need to have explanations of what's going on. And that kind of like brings you out of this story when there's a bunch of editors' notes saying, oh, so this thing is actually this, and this thing is actually this, and that's how they interact.
0: Yeah, and for an old manga release that's still right to left and everything, I thought the translation here was actually quite good. Yeah. Like, it never, and nothing in it ever went, oh, that's weird.
1: Yeah, so that's what makes me want to pick up the two-in-one volume and see what changed exactly and be like, oh, so they changed that little thing, or, and again, the art is supposed to be cleaned up a lot. Like, closer to the original Japanese release. Apparently the art was kind of sloppy when it came over to the American version.
0: It didn't look bad, but I could see where you might do some cleaning up on it.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that it looked bad either, but, like, it became a lot sharper. Because it it just sounds like the the way they flipped the art pages was kind of done poorly. Yeah,
0: there's only one part where it really, like, hurts the reading, and I had to be like, wait, think about this left to right. Okay, that's how this is supposed to read. Yeah. So for the most parts, it's good, but the reason that they don't flip them anymore is you're always going to lose something. When you have to change the reading order like that.
1: Well, and it's become... Essentially, I think they were flipping it because they're like, oh, American readers won't understand that you're supposed to read left to right, but now that it's become enough of a thing, it's like, no, I can... I will find myself now, because I read more manga, uh, when I'm reading comics, reading them right to left and being like, wait, no, I, I need, the speech bubbles go the other direction. So that brings us to Personality Power Level, right? Yes. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level?
0: So Personality Power Level is the segment where we rank characters from manga from the best characters to the worst characters. The best character is, of course, Izuku Midoriya from My Hero Academia, because he's the best crying boy. Yes. The worst character is Haruhi Fujioka for now. I don't. We'll get to worse. We have already gotten to worse. They're just not on the list. Yep. But she's kind of a block of wood. In the middle, we have Goku from Dragon Ball Z, which seems like a good place to start with Ranma. Yeah. I think Ranma has a lot more personality than
1: Goku. Yeah. I like the... He already comes off because he's... Part girl, and it's he's been with it for a little while. It's not the culture shock, so he already comes off kind of like laissez faire about it, which was really interesting to see him dealing with it. Like at one point, girl Ronma's top gets a little bit undone, and Akane has to kind of be like, Hey, fix your top. He's yeah. like, Huh? What? Uh, oh, yeah, I need to worry about that. Yeah. Do we think he's as good as Luffy, though? He's kind of our next benchmark in here. I don't think so, at least not right now. I I've only gotten. Eight chapters in, so he hasn't really had much emotional development in this part. But Brahma one half goes on for like three hundred chapters or something ridiculous like that. So oh, he the probably... criticism
0: is that there's not much development either. So I think I agree. that okay. he probably goes below Luffy. Uh, how do we think he compares to K Saranuma from Kiss Him Not Me?
1: Because
0: hmm. I think I like him a bit more than K. Yeah, that's just what my gut says. Yeah, that sounds right. I really like kind of what a jerk he is, but I don't know. He really works well for this story at the very least. Yeah. So the final question is is he better or worse than guts from Berserk? I like guts more. Okay. So Ronma Satomi will go at number seven. Lucky number. Above K Saranuma, but below Guts from Berserk. So yeah, again, if you've not read Ronma One Half, if you're familiar with her other work, like Inuyasha. I would definitely say give this a go because it's one of the it's some of the most fun I've had for this podcast was reading through this. And it did not feel like it was 14 chapters.
1: Yeah, it it went by really quickly. All right. So what are we going to read next week, Kevin? Next week, we're going to be reading Yona of the Dawn, which is a manga series I found out about when I looked for the best romance manga series that popped up as one of the really good ones. So let's give it a shot. Okay. We will. In the meantime, you can check out the personality power level list at
0: www.lastpodcast.com. You can also find our Discord there, which is the easiest way to talk to us if you want to. If you want to give us suggestions for your stuff we should read in March, we've already decided, but maybe we'll read it in April. You'll also find my other two podcasts there, Last Time on Video Games, where we just played through Kingdom Hearts, a very anime slash manga-ish game. I'm a Kingdom Hearts guy now, by the nice. way. I just finished playing chain of memories. That's discussion for next episode of last time on video games, but it happened as well as it's a Gundam, our episode by episode Gundam seed podcast, where we're right over the Atlantic ocean fighting captain Beardo, our favorite villain that none of us can remember the name of our opening theme is fighting against one's will by midair machine. Our closing theme is a psychic fist fight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music is by spectacular sound productions. And our album art is by Kate wind on deviant art. Kevin, is there anything you'd like to plug this week? Not for this week.
1: Liked the bit about the one female Kanoichi that said. Anyway. <laughs>